You are tuned in to the new Numa Godcast, hosted by Norman Brown, aka Professor, and Justin Foster, where we address the taboo from a biblical view. Our podcast is all about real talk with new life. And quite frankly, you'll either love it or you won't, because we deal with tough topics that the church rarely touches. Somebody's got to do it, and that's why we exist. So just sit back, chill, and enjoy the ride, because it's going to be good. Peace. What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Stephen Malcolm, and you are tuning in to the new Numa Guy cast. Let's go. Tower. Just look around. And I just had the, the supernatural uh, love come over me. I saw the campus. I saw all the students, you know, walking, going to class and doing this and that. And this supernatural love came over me. It was, it was just a, a love that just came out of nowhere. And I was like, I love these students. I love these people. I'm like, I love this school. It's like, I, I want to help this school. And in that moment, um, I heard the word faculty. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> faculty me? <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and I argued with God. And I said, uh, you better speak a lot louder than one little whisper because I am not faculty guy. You know, I work with prisoners. I work with youth. I'm a welder. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I'm a roughneck. You know, I'm not, I'm not a, a sophisticated faculty guy, you know. So I was like, <laughs> I, went to, I went to Bible college, but it wasn't even an accredited Bible college. It was just a, 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 a place where they just teach you the Bible. That's all I had. And, and I'm hearing the word faculty. I was like, what in the world? But in that moment, I knew I needed to be at ORU. I knew I needed to move to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I just knew that, and I knew my call was um, faculty. However, I was still true to my my uh, my word to God. I said, "You better speak louder than that." I kind of kind of said, "I said, you know, this is a big thing for me to sell my home again. I just need a little confirmation." But I said it in a way like, "You better speak a little louder than that, God." And uh, we got home. Uh, Carrie and her friend, my daughter and her friend were both like, we're going to ORU, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I didn't even talk about it much because I'm thinking to myself, eh, I, you know, I, I need to hear from God. And of all the things, I'm watching, I'm by myself in the house, and I'm watching the uh, the Moses movie. Uh, it's uh, the Prince of Egypt, I think it was called. The the I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen it. It's uh-huh. like the DreamWorks yeah. Prince of Egypt. I'm yeah, watching yeah, that by yeah. myself. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just sitting there watching it. And my whole my whole thing was with with arguing with God is like, hey, I don't think I'm factory. I don't think I'm faculty material. God, I I, I think I'm too rough. I don't think I'm uh, elegant or sophisticated enough to do that. And and that was my whole thing. Is came from uh, insecurity. That's that was my whole argument. Not necessarily moving to Tulsa, but but the call of faculty. I just I it, it did not dawn on me that that would fit my life at all. And I'm watching this movie, and. Moses and God are at the burning bush, and God's telling him to to go to to uh, Egypt to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. And, and Moses is given all these excuses, and uh, basically, I'm not a good speaker. And God said, "Who made man's mouth?" And I'm telling you what, brother, I felt I felt almost like that time. When I first met Pastor Brandon as that homeless guy and God had to slap me around a little bit, I, I mm. felt the same. I felt, I felt so convicted. I, I felt like 
like I have no faith. I did not trust God. I, I went to my knees in tears, weeping before the Lord and just said, and, and that was the loud voice I needed right there, that he was, he was actually angry that I did not trust him to, to make of me what he'd have me be. And uh, he, he straightened me out that day, and ever since I said, I'm going to ORU. And the, the, the odd turn of events, my, my daughter decided to uh, go to another school in Virginia instead of ORU. And I thought, I thought hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say goodbye to you. I'm staying in Virginia. You go to Oklahoma. It turned out that she stayed in Virginia, and I went to Oklahoma. And, um, yeah, been here for about uh, about five years now. And uh, I guess in the end of October will be five years that I've been here. And uh, it was a I, – I, I miss my daughter terribly. It's a, it's a, it's a hole that um, – just it's it's difficult to fill. It was part of the cost, um, but it was a beautiful move. I I I, I do miss my daughter. I have to emphasize that, but um, uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do things any different. I would 100% still come. It's just uh, everything just has been just beautiful out here. So now. Uh you get to ORU, you are you're there for whatever amount of time, and then you said you finally, you, at some point you felt a call to be at a international or multicultural church, basically, mm-hmm. yeah, multicultural church. Mm-hmm. So how did that how did that come about? Okay, well, um, in while I was in Virginia. Uh, I ended up going to a Church of God is the denomination, very similar to a Assembly of God. It's a little more well known, but they're they're very very close in in doctrine. And while I was there, I I ended up getting um, becoming a licensed minister, and then I ended up becoming uh, ordained in that denomination. So I'm an ordained minister. And when I got to town here, I was like, okay, well. Um, God, I'll go to church wherever you want me to go. However, uh, I want to start in Church of God because, you know, that's where I'm ordained through. That'll open doors for me, you know, things like that. And I looked through the the, um, the Internet and found that there was, I believe it was five Church of Gods in Tulsa. So I just saw one. I was like, oh, this one, this one feels right. Um, I mean, I'm going to try this one. And um it just felt like the one I should go. I'm not saying God spoke to me. It just felt right. So I was like, I'm going to this one. And I went there, and, and they had a, uh, uh, a guest speaker. He was the, the uh, international coordinator for outreach for the whole state of Oklahoma, and he just happened to be speaking that day at that church because the pastor himself was, was out on vacation or something like that. And I sat down, didn't know anybody, obviously. Uh, you know, I moved to Tulsa with just my dog. Just my dog and I were the only ones here, you know, so I, I didn't know anyone at all. It was like my second day there. Just figured I'd go to church. And after listening to the sermon, and, and it was pretty good, I was like, okay, I wonder if this is going to be my next church home. And, and right after the sermon, the pat, the uh, the speaker, he came down to me and said, hey, um, uh you know, I'm I'm so and so, and I introduced myself. He said, "Okay, would you would you like to go out to eat right after service?" And I was like, "Huh, 
okay, you know, so I was like, okay, well, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to meet someone here, and, and uh, he told me his, he, he told me his story and asked me my story, and I said, you know, I'm just on this adventure, it's like my second day here, I'm, a, I'm ordained in the church of God, so I'm starting on, a, and, and you know, it was his home church that he was speaking at, he was the international coordinator for outreach, but it was his actually home church, but he told me, with your call for coming here, you don't want to be at this church. You want to be at this international church. Dr. Grizzle, he's actually a, um, a theology um, professor at ORU. That's the guy you want to be. You want to be at his church. So I was like, okay, okay, yeah, thank you. Thank you for your will. I mean, he just literally was telling me, and how many church people tell you to go to another church? You know, they usually want you to come to their church. Yeah. But he said, no, 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 you need to go to uh, this church, Hope International Ministries. And, and um, so I was like, hey, okay. He actually uh, drove me around, showed me where it was, and um, it was predominantly an African church and a lot of Jamaicans. But um, So they, they have a typical service is like three, three and a half hours. So, you know, and I'm just this, I'm just this white guy that, you know, I'm used to like, if a church service goes an hour and a half, it's going long. You know what I mean? So, I'm, yeah. and, and it's like these Africans, they're like going hard and long and things. And well, I get there and uh, I'm checking it out. And, and I just, you know, I just, I just knew, I just knew that is where I was supposed to be. And uh, that was the beginning of my adventure at that church. Wow, that's interesting because, like, so you, I don't. I mean, I'm not sure because you didn't say, but I'm presuming that the one church of God that you went to was more like uh, maybe on the Caucasian side or what? I mean, what was that like? Yeah, I think there was. Um, one, I think the drummer uh, was African American, uh, but everybody else was, yeah, uh, looked like I was at home in Virginia. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the guy that was the international, one, co- I guess they call it international Co- coordinator. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. He, no. 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 He, he was the. Um, he. He. He drove. He not drove, but he flew all around the world doing mission work and, and things like that. So he was he was the coordinator for the the denomination for the whole state and he okay, would okay. raise yeah, raise money and, and go and help build churches in, you know, Ecuador or, you know, wherever. You know, he would that was his thing was the outreach for the the um the denomination. So was he? Was, was he? Yeah, um, he was Caucasian. He was like us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he was a he's Caucasian. So that that's interesting. How like he sensed to come to you, and then go out to eat with you, and then told you to go to that kind of church. That's interesting. Yeah, I I, I chalk it up to providence. I I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm taking. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so now you're in that church and. Um, and then you ended up meeting your your new wife. So how did that come about? Well, uh, I ended up becoming the youth minister there, and you know she was the um, you know she pretty well ran the books for the church. She was the you know the um, pretty well the treasurer and and just ran the office. You know she she mainly ran the church so uh 
Metter, newer, uh, we, we work side by side here and there, uh, but, you know, we just didn't, you know, she, she had a, uh, she had a, a boyfriend at the time, and, you know, I was seeing someone, so we just didn't, nothing ever happened there. It was just someone I worked with. Um, but later, later on, uh, things didn't work out with the person I was seeing. Uh, things didn't work out with the person she was seeing. And just one day, we were in the the midst of worship, and and just just uh, just to uh, paint this picture, when Africans <laughs> when when they get into the heat of worship, it is very loud, dancing. Um, clapping, screaming, hands flailing in the air—just a lot of passion, <laughs> a lot of excitement. Yeah. Uh, just, just really, you know, just a totally different picture than than what I was used to. However, uh, the spirit was so strong it was even getting me pretty excited, you know. So uh, I was dancing around some, but um, obviously I, I I wasn't much compared to some of these other folks. But I I couldn't help but hear. Uh, someone behind me just clapping and singing so much louder and and you know at first I didn't think much of it but the spirit came down filled the place and in that moment I heard the Lord tell me ask for anything just ask for anything and and you know I I don't get that experience maybe some people get that more than than others but I can't think of any other time in my life that I've heard the Lord say, ask for anything, <laughs> you know, and I was like, huh, yeah. you know, ask for anything. I was like, what in the world? So anyway, in all this time, um, I'm hearing her shouting and, 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 and I turn around and look and, and that's, that's Salama too. She's just so happy, so filled with the Holy Spirit, clapping and dancing and singing to the top of her lungs. I mean, it, I, it's like I heard her above the whole church and I was like wow and 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 then it just came back to me ask for anything and I said that Lord <laughs> I said I'll, I'll do that right there I said Lord um, and, and 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 that was the amazing thing that was the amazing thing God said it's like he said in that time it's like uh, this time next year that's all he said this time next year and I knew exactly what he was talking about and and he was he was saying she will be my wife this time next year now i i need to let you know that i am not a womanizer guy uh i i've seen two women up to up to that point uh i was uh about four not quite 40 years old had two girls in my life you know the the one i ended up marrying mm-hmm. and and then this other one that i just dated so and and they both chased me so just so you have some background there um i wasn't a woman guy that ran around chasing women um they both came to me and and that's how the relationship started so but god's telling me this time next year and and salama too you have to know her she is a planned prepared organized person she does not do anything without giving it lots and lots and lots of thought i'm i'm more you know i can jump into jump into things but um you just take two different people. One of them does not chase women, and, and she's not the one to chase guys either. So uh, you have this, this whole thing. And I'm thinking to myself, 
you know, I know Salama too. <laughs> and, and then you're telling me this time next year. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm growing enough now to know that, hey, when I hear God in that way, uh, I'm growing to just trust and to know that he's going he's gonna to come through. And I said, okay, God, I will do that. I said, and, and that's when I said it. I said, give me Salama too. This time next year, give me Salama too as my wife. And uh, that was the beginning. And, and, and what, I, what I did, and I still wasn't some aggressive go-getter type of guy. And, and you know, we worked on leadership together. Uh, matter of fact, in the, pa- the pastor's council for the whole church was just five people. And Salama too and I made up two of them. So I, I knew we were in the upper level of leadership, and I knew if I did something stupid and made an ugly mess, that was going to be really uncomfortable if I'm, you know, flirting with the church uh, treasure, <laughs> you know, and it, and it goes yeah. south on me. So I was like, I was like, how am I going to do this? But um, these creative ideas came to me that, you know, I would I would make her cards. Um, I have a little craftiness to me, so I'd make uh, construction paper cards and and really make them elaborate and and things like that, and then sneak them to her, and uh, you know, total total. Uh, uh, secret messages, just just something that say, "Hey, I hope you really have a nice day." Or then I, you know, I'd, I'd make her a little something and, and give it to her, and I gave her like two, three cards like that that um, that had no no uh, didn't sign it, didn't no way of letting her know it was me. And uh, then after a while, I, I also make things out of wood, and I, I made her a wood project. And I was like, I'm telling you, brother, uh, for me to have the guts to walk up to her and give her that, because that was the time where she would know, hey, this guy likes me. <laughs> and, and I'm just so sensitive with church that I would never want to make an uncomfortable situation. Long story short, she accepted that she she liked it, but then uh, things were looking good. She started talking to me because we never even texted or anything. And I'm thinking to myself, this girl's got to marry me in in a year, and we are not even nowhere even close to to dating. You know, we're not we don't talk, <laughs> we don't we don't do anything like that. We just see each other at church and we talk business. That's it. And and um, but I'm I'm sowing these seeds, sending her good things. You know, um, and and after after a while. Uh, She's picking up that I, I'm I'm liking her, and next thing I know, she's backing away from me. And and one mm. time I tried talking, I, yeah, yeah, bad scene because I'm I, like I said, I am super sensitive about just making sure things at church are smooth. And and one day I remember I walked right up to her and I said, "Hey, Salama, too, how are you doing?" And in like half mid sentence, she would like walk away from me. And I was like, oh, no, I made mm. a huge mess. She, she's, she's, not, she's not liking my offering, you know. And uh, I, I kept it together, but I went, I went got in my car when, I, when church was over, and I bawled. I cried. And I was like, oh, God, I made a mess at church. Oh, God. You know, and, and that, that, was, that was a hard day because it was like that whole day. I was just beating myself up. Oh, God, what did I do? Oh, God, did I step out of line? Oh, God, what, you know, over and over and over, just pounding on myself, you know. And, and I'm thinking to myself, she's going she's gonna to tell the pastor. She's going to tell the pastor that I'm harassing her. And, and you know, <laughs> we're talking dignified 
doctors, professionals, you know, and here's this, yeah. here's this guy comes into the church and, you know, he's flirting with the women. It's like, that's not good. So I'm just thinking of all yeah. these crazy scenarios and how terrible this is going to go. And, uh, you know, just, just beat myself up. Anyway, I'm trying to sleep, but just too depressed over the situation sleep. And, and it was probably two in the morning. And, um, I I was like I can't sleep I just need to read the Bible I, I flipped open the Bible and um, it was it was I believe it was Hebrews uh, chapter thirteen and it talks about I don't have the scripture in front of me but it talks about how um, basically how terrible it is to not walk by faith As a matter of fact uh, God hates it you know it it it, it makes it God you're, you're basically Basically, that that text says, you know, if you're not walking by faith, you're, you're basically no good to God. You know, he's you're not you're not you're not part of his his flock if you're not walking by faith. And I'm telling you, I was like, I'm not going down that road. I am a man of faith. I'm doing this thing. So even though she acted that way, I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't. I I I I'm not going to displease God. Uh, I just got to take the chance, and I'm just going to go forward, and I'm still going to show her kindness and love, and I'm going to sow the seeds the best I know how, in tactful ways, of course. But um, if, if she goes to the pastor, so be it. I'm going to at least do it, knowing that I'm obeying God. And 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 you know what? I went to bed. I got up in the morning, and there was a text message from Salama too, and and it didn't say nothing special, but it was just that. That was all I needed, brother. I was like, I was like, God, you are with me on this. And next thing I know, you know, uh, we we met, we started texting regular. Next thing I know, we started going for little walks. Next thing you know, we can go out to eat, and uh, you know, and I'm and I'm making her stuff this whole time. You know, I'm really really sowing the seed, and um, just just you know, just just giving her all the affection I had, and, and just. Just, you know, and I knew God was behind the whole thing, but I, I mean, he, he gave me this love for her, you know, and I was just really, I was just really pouring into her. And, uh, sure enough, it, it came, uh, I believe it was in May. And, and, you know, this all started in September. And, uh, or just at the tail end of August, actually. Um, it started then, and, and in May, uh, I took her to one of the nicest places in town, and I uh, went out to eat, and, and went for, I, I took her to get her nails done, so I was really trying to butter her up good before I asked her, you know, and uh, <laughs> I for a walk. Yeah, and then, and then just, I just proposed, and, you know, uh, in her in her way, she sat and thought about it for a while. You know, she didn't she didn't she wasn't the type to just jump up and say, "Oh yes, of course." You know, she 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 did sit there and thought about it. And I was I was beside myself because she's just sitting there not saying anything. And I'm like, "Uh, <laughs> what's happening?" But she said yes, and you know, yeah. And and we were married September first, so um, it was like uh, this time next year. It was it was probably you know tail end of August uh, 2017 we were married September 1st 2018 so um, wow. it's just a it's just a, a beautiful story but absolute faith because yeah taking those chances um, shoot <laughs> yeah well you have a you have an interesting it's, it's, it's very interesting how you went from one extreme to another and uh, coming from the the Mennonite background with 
in a community that was mostly Caucasian, if not all, and then you come to this place where you're in a place where the spirit of God is moving, um, mm-hmm. and and now you're in a you're in a church environment where it's mostly people of African descent, and mm-hmm. uh, your wife is from Niger. That's how you pronounce yes. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, just in that, in in just looking at it from that perspective of you know, your wife being from Niger, you from America being a Caucasian, how how did that relationship get received by your daughter? Well, um my 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 daughter's actually she's very um let's see, it it's my story's not my story is not all these these joyful moments of seeing uh, victories. I'm still in some challenge, if you understand what I'm saying. But my yeah, daughter, I understand. Uh, she yeah, she she felt, and, I, and I'm just going to be real transparent here. But she felt she felt the call to to ORU, and she she told me the story, and I was like, that is so God. Well, uh, she ended up not going because. Uh, maybe two, three months later, she met a boy, and uh, she fell for this boy, and the boy uh, wanted to go to the number three party school in the United States at the time, and uh, that is the direction she went. So um, uh, currently, and I, I'm, I'm a man of faith and prayer that uh, one day the prodigal will come home, but currently she is uh, spreading her wings and uh, enjoying that life. Okay, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a it, it's a it's a it's a place of prayer for both my my wife now because my you have to understand the and I'm sure you do, but uh, the African culture is very um, you know any in law any any children you know once that marriage happens they are as they are as family as your own mother and father brother sister i mean it's like yeah um when we got married you know i i still see you know her family as my in-laws she sees yeah. my family as her family so it's a beautiful thing yeah. i'm hoping to pick that up one day but uh yeah so she 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 prays for for my daughter just as passionately as as i do she 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 really wants to see her come on home and and uh live the life she's called to live but um so yeah it's uh yeah i understand um so now uh let's talk about your book you have a book that uh has a very interesting title and i'm just curious how did that come about where you you came to a place where you felt like you should write that book well um i was just ministering to these folks and 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 the book is geared towards jehovah witnesses mormons muslims and those who go to lgbtq churches not 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 atheist lgbtq but particularly those who claim to be part of the body of Christ, but living a uh, sexually active homosexual lifestyle. Um, so so I'm, I'm ministering to these people, and, you know, wherever I can meet up with them, I, I uh, would have a conversation and had, a, had most of the conversations online. And uh, just, just over time, I mean, I, I 
I end up talking to it, it's hundreds. It, it, it's hundreds of conversations, um, and and I think that's even a conservative number. I've talked to so many people from these uh, three different religions, and you know, from talking online, I had a lot of the the you know you have time when when you're talking to someone online. Uh, and and they challenge your faith in a way, you know, or you challenge theirs, you know, you have time to really think about what you're going to say, maybe even research it a little. So so I had all this this education from being challenged, you know, and 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 vice versa, me challenging them, and and seeing what worked and and where they really really shook me up as well, and where I had to really um, study and find answers and things like that. And uh, just after time, you know, and I didn't I didn't tell anybody, you know, my wife. And my mother, uh, maybe my brother as well, are really the only people who knew that I was so involved in ministering to people from other faiths. And I uh, did that for, I don't know, two, three, maybe four years, just just really involved in that. And um, just one day, I'm, I'm on my couch, and, and, and I just had the idea. I was like, I could put all this into a book. And, and somewhere down the line, uh, the, the title, Conversation with a Cult Leader, just popped in my head, uh, and it just sounded so catchy. And I was like, that's it. That's, that's it. I'm writing a book. I'm going to name it that. <laughs> and, and I know people won't like it because um, we're okay with calling Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses cults. Uh, some people don't like the idea of calling Islam a cult. Some people really it really gets under people's skin some some anyhow to call LGBTQ churches um, cults. However, my my perspective is if it is a religion or a faith that leads to damnation, that that, that pulls you away from Jesus Christ, it deceives you. Um, it is it is a cult, and uh, it is outside the body of Christ. It's not good. It's not healthy. Um, no matter what the world thinks of it, um, if within biblical parameters it, it says that uh, its participants will not inherit eternal life, um, it's a cult. So that's that's the that's the perspective I went with. Well, you know, it's interesting that uh, these days it seems as though because of the spirit of the world creeping into the church and really um, it kind of makes me think of the fact that the Bible says if they went out from us, they were never of us. But had they been of us, they would not have gone out from us, no doubt. Mm, mm, so mm. when I when I see that kind of a situation, like I remember the church that I went to, um, well, we call it a church, but, you know, looking back on it, I wouldn't call it a church now. But the place where I was attending, where I thought I was getting, you know, the real word of God and all those kind of things, um, mm-hmm. turned out later on that uh, I started to realize that a lot of things that I was being taught there were false teaching. And mm-hmm. the thing about it is when people are caught up in uh, the false teachings, they can believe that anything that goes along with their false teaching is okay because that's what they're being taught. And the pro- and here's where yeah. the problem comes. When you're talking about doctrine, the problem with doctrine is, well, let me not say the problem with doctrine. The thing about doctrine is 
if a person is being taught incorrectly, they're being indoctrinated with whatever that falsehood is, and that yeah. becomes their truth that they believe. So, yeah. for instance, for instance, if somebody says that um, God loves uh, homosexuals and, and lesbians and so forth or whatever, the statement is true that he loves them, but the statement is not true that they will go to be with him forever in that lifestyle. That is not true. So it's a difference between kind of like how you, how you and I discussed the other day. There's a difference between the love of a father versus his discipline because you did something wrong. So the, the father might love you, but that doesn't excuse you from the discipline from what you did wrong. So it, it, it's something where it almost appears, it almost feels like people, when they hear that God loves them, they then take that to mean he's okay with what they're doing. Mm. And that's not the same thing. Those that's are right. not equivalent. So right. Right. just because I love my child doesn't mean I'm okay with them being a murderer. You know what I'm saying? That's just that's, that's right. two different things. I love you, yep. but it's not okay yep. that you kill somebody. You yep. know? Yep. So the thing about the thing about the the, the LGBT, all those kind of people, where they're being deceived is right now they happen to be in a position, fortunately for them, that they still can be redeemed if they're alive. Excuse me. However, the problem is they think that them, like there's certain people that I've heard of that they go to a church, they're living in their homosexual or, or lesbian lifestyle or whatever it is, and they still think that, oh, because they go to a church that they're okay. And just because no one said anything to them about being a, a homosexual or lesbian, that makes it okay in their sight for them to be, you know, doing that. But the problem with these people today is that so many people are easily offended by you pointing out the fact that their lifestyle is not lining up with the word of God. So therefore, you know, they need to get that in line. They need to repent and this, that, and the other, and then they can, you know, move forward with whatever it is that the Lord wants them to do. Because unfortunately, those that are loved by the Father now while they're alive, they will end up in judgment if they die in that same situation. Yes, yes, yeah. And so there has to be a – no, what were you going to say? Uh, I was just going to say in, in light of today's events, you know, my, my heart goes out to, um, you know, that, that – um, Town that was, you know, had the explosion. You know, that was predominantly a Muslim town. You know, and, and my heart goes out because uh, those who have died or, or are on critical condition, um, you know, that's those are souls. You know, they're they're souls that that yeah. have indoctrinated something false their whole life, and, and uh, it's it's a sad it's a sad reality. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, in all in all honesty, like I, I know that I've uh, I've had conversations with people that call themselves Hebrew Israelites. I've talked to mm -hmm. people of Nation of Islam, 
I've talked to um, Jehovah's Witnesses, like you said, um, and I even knew a guy at a former job of mine who was a Mormon. And okay. um, so it's interesting how, like, over time, with me hearing the different things that people believe and seeing how they approach certain things, it's like <clears throat> there there was a point in time where I came to realize that God had put it in my heart, a calling on my on, on my life to also uh, bring correct doctrine because I'm very much a stickler for following the word of God the way it says it. You know, like yeah, it's it's right. amazing to me. Like let me let me just bring up this one example. It's amazing to me how people read the Bible where it says these are the gifts that God that Jesus left for for that he gave to us and it lists five yeah. gifts and it'll say apostle prophet evangelist pastor teachers but yeah. for whatever reason some people have tried to make it so that apostles and prophets no longer exist yeah and i'm thinking to myself yeah. where did y'all get that from <laughs> and there's not been one person that can show me in the bible where they got that from there's not one yeah and and yeah. the thing about it, which is so funny, is that they've picked the two most important gifts and removed them. Now, yeah. the reason why the, we know that they're the two most important is because the Bible tells us in the same book where it tells, tells us that they are gifts given to us, that they are part of the foundation of the church. Mm. There's not one building that exists to this day that doesn't have a foundation. And if yeah. it didn't have a foundation, it wouldn't be standing anymore. Yeah. That's how important a foundation is. The problem with the church in a lot of places is that they remove the foundation from whatever it is that they were doing, and they became weak because of that, and it started crumbling and falling down and breaking apart and all this kind of stuff. Now you got holes in the in the in the building that allow for the LGBT to come through, that allow yep. for right. you know witchcraft to come through, that allow for you know other types of things to come in, and so <clears throat> now another big thing that I'm seeing is where people in the body of Christ are being divided by politics, and yeah, I'm talking yeah. about specific things like like I, I was having a conversation with someone and I said. I don't understand why people get so adamantly, uh, like, livid about, for instance, Donald Trump being the president right now, okay? Mm -hmm. And I've said this before, but I will say it again. Um, I am not for or against Donald Trump. And I know that mm -hmm. sounds interesting to say it, for or against. Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. either one. But what I am for is the fact that, he has stood for the things that the church stands for on certain political certain issues that are important to God, such as yeah. abortion, such as the church's existence and the church being able to move forward and doing what it does. And then thirdly, he's against gay and homosexual agendas. Mm -hmm. And my whole thing is, you know, if people in the body of Christ would be, and this is just one example of many, I'm only using him because he's the most, 
like <laughs> he's the hot say, topic right uh, now. <laughs> polarizing. Yeah, he's the most That's polarizing right. or whatever of all the ones That's that we right. could bring up right now. And the thing There's is, not too I, many people. People, people yep. need to. People in the body of Christ, specifically in America, they need to really understand what I'm about to say. They need to really be aware of this. God could care less about Democrats or Republicans or conservatives mm-hmm. or 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 whatever Tea Party or anything else. He could care less about that. Mm-hmm. So first of all, just get that out of your mind that a political party matters to God. What you need to understand is that God cares about his agenda. He cares yes. about whether his things are being done in the earth. He hates Anything that causes division among his people. So if you think about this, division being caused by politics, that should show you something about politics. Mm -hmm. So when we are not looking at what we make our decisions based upon as being biblically based, but we base it based on a political party, you already messed up right there. Yeah. Because when you say that you make a decision based on a political party, you said no matter what this political party does, I'm I'm supporting that political party. That's the one I'm with. That's what you're saying. Your allegiance is to that party. And instead of a person saying, hey, if they don't support the things that are um, important to God, then I'm not with that. I might be registered as this, but I ain't with that. So if they say that they're down with the LGBTs, I'm not with them anymore. I'm not going to yeah. support anybody that's coming with the LGBT agenda. And yeah. so it's stuff like that where essentially what what I'm trying to say to anyone who's listening is that if you do not make your political decisions of who you're voting for, what you're voting for, or whatever based upon the Bible, but you're making it based upon natural things that you think you understand or that you think you see or whatever. And I hate to say it this way, but I'm going to say this. This is the best way I could put it. Um, (laughs) This is, I guess this is probably the the most, um, the strongest way I can put it is let's just say for the sake of this discussion that I'm looking at the choice between this one person that supports my biblical principles versus this other person that does not support the biblical principles. And then I look at this person that supports the biblical principles and people call them every evil thing you can think of. Mm -hmm. I hate to break your, I I hate to burst your bubble, but it doesn't matter what people are saying about them. What I care about is what, they are standing for that is biblically lining up with what I know the Lord supports. It doesn't matter if they call that person this, that, and the third. Even if that man or woman was supposedly gay, but they said, I support the church, I support being against abortion, and I do not support gay marriage, which would be interesting in that situation. (laughs) But if they they said those three things and they were gay themselves, I would not care Mm -hmm. if they were gay. What I would care about is do they support the biblical principles? And that's what people in the body of Christ need to hear. They need to know that your decision should not be made based based on natural things. 
people mm-hmm. tell me, or people say this all the time, Donald Trump is a racist, okay? Let's say he is a racist. I'm not saying he is or isn't. Even if he is a racist, he is against abortion, which is the number one killer of African-American babies that are not even born. Yeah. For those that don't know, abortion clinics are close to African-American communities for a reason. Mm. Number two, Mm. he is for the church. He might not be a Christian. He may be a baby Christian. I don't know where he stands. But what I know is that he supports the church being alive and well and moving forward and doing what they're supposed to be doing. Number three, he is against abortion. And that, or number three, rather, he's against gay marriage, gay anything, agenda, all that kind of stuff. And by the way, I'm not making these statements for you to go vote for him or not vote for him. I could care less what you do as long as you do what the Lord has showed you to do according to biblical principles. And I'm going to tell you right now, if someone is up there and they're saying, I support gay marriage, I support abortion, I support this, that, and the third, and you vote for them, then I doubt that you're a Christian, just to be real. I'm going to just say it just like that. I doubt you're a real Christian because you don't understand what's really going on, what is a bigger, what is a bigger, more important agenda to, to support. So basically, man, you know, with your book, it's like even though I know that it wasn't like you were touching on all these different types of topics. You were mainly talking about doctrine. However, doctrine is what causes people to think that they can be gay and then go to church and be okay. So these things are very important. That's why a book like yours, a book like mine, the Among the Wolves book that I wrote, those kind of books are important for people to read and to understand and to glean from because we're living in a time where deception is rampant. And it takes books like these to open up the eyes of individuals to see the deception. What is it that, Mm -hmm. in your opinion, what is it that you've seen that caused people to become deceived the most? Uh, Well, and and with these these faiths, uh, the answer is probably different for each one. Uh, But speaking to the LGBTQ, I I will say in 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 my research and like I said I focus on LGBTQs who label themselves Christian so so that's my demographic and and I have noticed that if you want to find an LGBTQ person uh, or, or Christian you go to um, and I'm going to call names here so uh, maybe a listener might not care for this but but hear me out um, but. You go to the Episcopal Church, you go to the Anglican Church, you go to even some Catholic branches of the church, uh, you go to the Methodist Church. You have these, these are the, the, the core ones that are more impacted, I would say, by the LGBTQ agenda than any other church. It is hard. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's hard to find uh, a group of LGBTQ uh, quote-unquote Christians in a spirit-filled, powerful church, of church, you know, um, Assembly of God. I'm a big fan of Assembly of God, even though I'm ordained in the Church of God. I believe they're both about the same. But, you know, I, 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 I like what they do there. 
um, and and I've seen God's power work there. Same with a lot of non-denominational churches. Um, God's power flows, and it is hard to find LGBTQ in those churches. You go to the Episcopalian, they have fully embraced LGBTQ and gender. Um, they are 100% all in. If you are Episcopalian, more than likely you are pro-LGBTQ. Um, the Methodist Church, um, they have literally just split. Matter of fact, they came down to a vote of uh, whether they want to uh, embrace this doctrine of uh, saying it's okay to be gay. And it was a vote. It came down to, um, I believe it was 51 point something percent to 48 point something percent. In other words, it was so split, but the they ended up uh, – not going with LGBTQ is only 48% for, 51 uh, against. So they, they decided not to do it, but there's still 48% of that church who wants it. Um, and then you take Anglicans and, and, and some Catholics as well. Catholics is interesting because you can get some spirit-filled. I've seen some spirit-filled Catholics. I've seen some real lukewarm ones. But the common denominator, I'm saying all this to say, the common denominator that I have seen in these denominations is uh, – they are void of the Spirit of God. I, I, and, and, and maybe you're from an Anglican church and, and you experience the Spirit of God. Just like I came from a Methodist church that had the Spirit of God with, with that pastor who came. Um, I'm not saying there's no, there's no exception. I'm not going there. I'm just saying you take your typical Methodist church. You take your typical um, Anglican church. You're, you're not going to be like shook to the core with the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be seeing people speaking in tongues or being slain in the Spirit or, 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 think, or miracles or prophecy. You're not going to see these things. Um, they, they, they have no room for them in most of them churches. Like I said, I'm not trying to put a blanket. I'm just going to make sure everyone understands that. I'm not putting a blanket statement on these churches. Generally speaking, uh, these churches are not open to the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. So the LGBTQ uh, agenda, uh, and, and like I said, it's a, it's a demonic force, sees the weakness of certain churches and clings on. And the Spirit of God is not there to fight, to give people revelation, to give people the conviction to say, this isn't good, this isn't right. They have driven the Spirit of God out of most of these churches. So, so here they are. It's just like that Methodist church I went to, a big club. Everybody gets around. They talk about their football teams. They talk about whatever. And, and Satan's licking his lips saying, oh, yeah, this is exactly what I'm looking for. I'm going to make the body of Christ look really bad right now all through this church right here. And, and, and that's what happens with the LGBTQ. Muslims is a different story, but LGBTQ, they, they 100% um, latch on to the churches that are, that are just void of the Holy Ghost. And um, that's, that's what I've seen. Um, and if you would you know, research the different denominations that, that um, have fully embraced this agenda, you will find that they are not spirit-filled, you know, Holy Ghost-empowered churches. They're just more the traditional. Um, you go in, you sing some hymns, you listen to a preacher, you go through the hymnal, and then you're done. Um, basically, you're part of a club. So uh, I know I'm sounding a little hardcore. I'm just speaking what I've seen. <laughs> so. Well, you know, that's the thing about the truth, and this is why 
I like people like you who are speaking it the way you speak it because Jesus didn't go around saying, I'm sorry to say this, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. it really isn't good what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. Jesus would tell you like it is. See, we're in a, we're in a society where, uh, now, well, let me back up. Let me tell you a little bit about me. When I was growing up as a little kid, I used to really be off the charts with how how strong with my opinion that I was and how I used to tell stuff like I saw it and how I felt it and everything. And I would say some pretty harsh things back then. Now, I've definitely, you know, come a long way since then. The Lord has you know, smoothed out a lot of the rough edges that I used to have and all that kind of stuff. So I've gotten better about my delivery. However, I believe God put it in me to be very straight up, straightforward, say it like it is for a reason. It wasn't a coincidence that I was like that since I was a kid. It's just that I didn't know how to temper that as a child. And But one thing for sure about me is that when it comes down to what is the truth, what the Word of God says, what I know is on the heart of God, I don't apologize to anybody for what I'm saying, mm. how I say it, how strong it is. Whether you like it or not, you're going to hear it. Because the bottom line is that's better than you dying and going to hell forever. So Amen. if you Amen. can get what I hear, what I say to you, you can receive it. You can turn your life around because of it versus you hearing some watered-down, soft, you know, real sweet message that just makes you feel good but it's not leading you anywhere except to hell. Then you will be thankful and grateful for somebody like me coming across your path versus that person that was being real PC about it and trying to make you happy Mm -hmm. and make you feel good. So that's the thing about... You know, because I even have people in my family who are who are following the LGBT path, and I want to say to those that are like that, like you were saying before, even though you said it specifically about pedophiles, but it applies to those that are um, in a homosexual or lesbian lifestyle. There's some type of brokenness in them about yeah. their who they are sexually. Um, whether it be through broken relationship with a parent, uh, whether it be from some kind of violation of their sexuality when they were young or some kind of introduction of some thoughts based on a brokenness that was in them that caused them to go that path and to think that that was correct. And I just need to say this to all those that are listening who may be that type of person. God did not make you that way. You were not born that way. That is not okay for you to be that way. God has made it for there to be a man with a woman, period. That's the only way reproduction occurs. That's the only way the the human race continues. And like I said to another friend of mine the other day, if all the people in the in the you know in the world decided to become gay and and all of a sudden there was no more male-female relationships, the whole human race would be gone in 100 years. It would be gone. It would be gone. Yeah, it wouldn't take that long. We'd be gone sooner than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the stragglers, maybe. Yeah. Exactly. So my point is that this is a demonic agenda from Satan to end the human race. He wants everybody to be mm. gay. 
That's the bottom line. That's why this gay agenda thing is is becoming stronger and stronger and more prominent yes. because people are trying to appease the gay community and yes. and because or those that are living a gay lifestyle, making them feel comfortable in their lifestyle, telling them, you know, like, okay, I'm going to give you a statement. I don't care. Okay, let me say let me say it this way. Someone came to me and said, um, uh, do you have a problem with my lifestyle as a gay person? I would say, I would say, according to the word of God, that is a big problem. I love you as a person, but I have a problem with the lifestyle. However, you can do whatever you want to do because God gave you the right to do whatever you want to do. He gave you a yeah. will to do whatever you feel like doing. I'm not going to hinder you, stop you, try to prevent you from doing what you want to do. However, if you ask me the question and you ask me the truth, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to tell you raw. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. However, yeah. it's what it is. So yeah. let's yeah. just let's just get it really understood that God loves all people no matter what they are doing or have done, he loves you. But his love will not save you from hell if you don't receive his love. That's right. That's right. The bottom line is you are his enemy until you receive him. That's what the word of God shows us, enemies of the cross. We were yeah. who are Christians, those who are Christians, were once enemies of the cross. But when they became believers and they followed Jesus, now that turned. And now they are friends or they are servants or they are sons or daughters of the Most High. Until you can say any one of those things, your destiny is hell. And that is the bottom line. You have yep. the choice. God does not choose for you, and he does not send you to hell. You send yourself there by your decision. And it's as simple as this. I remember hearing someone say, it's as simple as this. One breath divides you from eternity versus this world. Yeah. You have one breath. Yep. You're one breath away from eternity. Yep, that's right. If you, if you lost this last breath, you stepped over into eternity, and there is no coming back. Yes. So you have the yeah. choice now to make for where you will be for eternity. Once you lose that last breath, you no longer have a choice. You have sealed your own fate, whatever that is. So yeah, I, I, I'd like to comment on, on a, a statement you said about, um, you know, he'd like uh, Satan wants everybody gay. Um, and, and, you know, when I when I look at the church, I, I you know just looking at the Bible, you see Sodom and Gomorrah, and and nobody will argue with you that that was a sinful sinful place. Now LGBTQ, uh -huh. they'll say, oh yeah yeah yeah, um, God destroyed that place because of their lack of hospitality. It had nothing to do with them being gay. They they go way out on a limb, say something really foolish. But I think everybody can agree it was a very wicked wicked place. Now my thought is. Um, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah didn't just happen overnight. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Everyone there was wicked. They all won, and they were so wicked that they were willing to bust down the door to try and rape two guys, you know? And, and it was like uh-huh. just such a terrible, wicked place. And, and my, my thought is that didn't just happen overnight. It was a nice – I guarantee you it was a slow, subtle decline to Sodom and Gomorrah. It became Sodom and Gomorrah very slowly. It was probably just your normal town, your normal place. One or two people had some crazy ideas that act really sickening and wicked, and maybe they had a little influence. Spread it to a couple more, and to a couple more, and to a couple more. If you go to my, my wife's country, it's 95% Islamic. Okay, um, The kids, when they're born, they are fed Islam from the day they are born. I walked down the street at nighttime, and I saw hordes of kids at the mosque just studying the Quran, memorizing uh, the, the, the Quran over and over. And here's these little kids. They, they hardly have a chance, you know? Um, all, they're, they're in an environment that Satan has created where they are indoctrinated, these little kids, to believe something so strongly that, that it's hard to pull them out of it once they're there. That is exactly what Satan wants to form with the LGBTQ. Right now, we're, we're kind of fighting it a little bit. We're kind of like some, you know, you have some people saying, this is sin, this is terrible. Other people are saying, oh, no, this is good. God loves everyone. It's okay. It's okay. And, and you have these two parts fighting. Satan wants to see this land, all lands, wherever. He wants to see his agenda right now, I think, more than making everybody Muslim or Jehovah Witness or Mormon. I think Satan really wants to see our nation become LGBTQ, where we're grown up in that, and it's almost impossible to show someone the light of truth that, hey, it's sin. He wants to create the environment. He's not after the individuals. He's after the, the culture. He wants the culture to say LGBTQ is great. And, and, and you're, you're around my age, brother. Um, I think you can testify 20 years ago, did we see this stuff? Did we see uh, TV shows that have uh, gay kids and, and, no. and foolishness? We, yeah, we no. would have been like, uh, this is sickening, terrible. And, but now it's just like, yeah, it's normal. It's, it's, an, it's an okay mm-hmm. thing. And, and if anyone dares speak about it, they're hateful, they're judgmental, they're, they're just cruel, they're homophobe, you know, whatever they want to call us. Um, they, they just want people like you and myself to shut up. They want to. They, Satan just wants to spread his net, and and people like you and I, and 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 there's lots of other ones still. I'm thankful that we at least have uh, maybe half the population who's saying this is wrong. But I'm telling you, brother, unless people like you and I, um, we we really step up our game. Uh, Twenty years from now, by the time by the time we're in wheelchairs, you know, we're going to be like. What happened to this place? <laughs> you know, it's gonna be like this. This place is this place is terrible. I'm 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 moving to, and I'm telling you, this this is the crazy thing. I would I would rather live in a, a fully Islamic land than than uh, a fully LGBTQ land. I've seen. I understand what you mean. Both. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's so interesting how like uh, the difference between a culture where. They are very strict about what you can or cannot do versus a culture where they are free about everything. And it's <laughs> That's just, right. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, you would look at a, a Muslim country, 
and they look more like Christianity than we do here. I mean, yeah, it's just it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's sad. I, I mean, and I and when I say that, let me not let me not uh, confuse people. I'm not talking about strictness and you know all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about like I, I heard that in Abu no wait a minute uh, I think it's Dubai you can't drink alcohol. You can't um, smoke any. You can't do any drugs. You cannot sell drugs. Any kind of thing like that, because um, all those things are punishable by death, or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, yeah. wow, woo! Like yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, if you if you were to switch it up here in America about stuff like that, <laughs> man, the society here would turn around so quick. I mean, people would be getting straightened up if they knew they were gonna die because of something like that. It's just crazy. I mean, but it's like yep. when you have to get that strict to make somebody do what's right. That's what's crazy. Yep. And so you know, getting back to the original thing that you were talking about with the LGBT people is that, you know, with these churches, what's interesting to me is that the book of Romans is very clear on the thing about gay, whether it didn't matter if there was no other scripture in the Bible, but Romans chapter one, when you read Romans chapter one, it is very clear on what God thinks about homosexuality, lesbianism, any of that. If he, if he said it the way, and I'll just give one example. I don't know what verse it is exactly, but I remember one of the verses said that um, what they were doing was against physics. That's the way it reads in the Greek. It's against physics. It doesn't even go together. It's not even physically something that's supposed to go together, but yet they did this and now they receive their recompense in their own flesh according to yes. their deeds. And so yes. that that's because they put God out of their mind. They didn't want to think yeah. about anything to do with God. And if you listen to a that's gay right. person, typically they are atheists or they yep. just don't have any kind of spiritual belief that has anywhere is even close to what the Bible talks about. And so yep. there's certain things that you start to notice about people like that and about how they think and how they live. And the bottom line is if there is no standard for them to put their life up against, then they're going to do whatever is right in their own sight. And for anybody yep. to claim that they have a doctrine that is allowing gay people to be in uh, any kind of leadership in the church or that they call them Christians, then you already, first of all, you just, you're already off by calling it a doctrine. Where is that in the Bible? Mm. There's nowhere in the Bible. And like I said, Romans chapter 1 would have shot that down by itself. It, it says so much in that scripture it by itself would shoot down any belief that it's okay to be gay or lesbian. And the interesting yeah. thing about the Bible is that we see the the Bible is our example of God's love, his relationship that he wants to have with us and so many other things. And there's nowhere in there that anybody indicated, oh, I feel like I was born in the wrong kind of body. I'm supposed to be a man. And I was born in a woman's body. So let me do all this stuff to my body so I look like the man I feel like I'm supposed to be. Well, yep. first of all, God didn't make mistakes. If you were born with certain things physically yeah. in your body, yeah. that shows what you are supposed to be, who you are, yeah. and all that. 
That's that's yeah. a straight up immediate. Uh, it tells you about your certain things about your future and your past, without a doubt, with no question. So for a person to say they were born in the wrong body, they're essentially saying that either God doesn't exist or God makes mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know what yeah. he was doing. So yeah. Yeah. that's the that's problem that we see. Yep, that's right. And it's it's a um it's a it's an act of rebellion. Uh in in God says you are a man and you say I don't like that. I don't like that plan. I say I'm a woman. Uh, it's it's 100% rebellion. God is in control of how you turn out, whether you're a man or a woman. God controls that. You know, he 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 says, hey, if I want if I want Norman to be a man, he's going to be a man. And and if and if if you would say, no, I don't like that. That's that's rebellion. That's that's it's the sin against God. It's, it's I think I think the LGBTQ they name it perfectly. They they run around saying pride, pride, pride. Yes. It's exactly that. Mm-hmm. That's Satan's exactly. biggest mistake was pride, Arrogance. and that's your biggest mistake is pride. And 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 you one hundred percent in your pride, you are living in open rebellion to God. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's a good word right there. Well, listen, man, I tell you, we definitely have um, touched on some really important things tonight. I, you know, I just want to leave everyone with this as we as we close out this um podcast i just want to let you know that um god does love you no matter what it is that you're involved in right now if you're a drug dealer if you're a pimp if you are a prostitute if you are a gay man or lesbian woman if you are transgender you know i'll just say this really quickly about transgenders is that it's been proven through statistics that most of the people that become transgender end up regretting that they did that. Whether they will admit it publicly or not, it is a fact that most of them regret it and most of them wish that they could reverse it back to what they were and what they were born as. And um, it, it plays on your psyche, on your mental your mental um, capacity or whatever it is, the way you think about yourself and so many other things. I I just want to make it abundantly clear that uh, not one of the statements that was made by myself or Eric tonight on this podcast was meant to be an attack on you as an individual. What it is an attack on is the false spirit that makes you believe that that is okay for you to be in that lifestyle. I would not be, I would not be a good man of God, knowing the Bible and knowing how God feels about these things, to allow this moment to go by and me not to address that. God loves you, but He hates that lifestyle. Yeah. He absolutely hates it. He loves you, but hates the lifestyle. He hates the fact that you are going opposite of what he designed you for. He hates the fact that you have decided that the owner's manual is incorrect and you know how to fix your car better than the man who who designed you. That's the problem. He's designed you and you think you know better than the designer. Yeah. The thing that 
we want to get across to you that I believe that Eric feels in his heart, I know I feel it in my heart, is that God wants you, but he needs you to realize that you have accepted something in your mind that is completely against what he has designed for you. He loves you. He wants to see you born again. He wants to see you have a relationship with Jesus. He wants to see you spend eternity with him forever. But you have to make the decision to do it the way he says to do it. You have to make the decision to not go that way, that path that you have chosen as of right now. God is calling you wherever you are. He's calling you back to him. He's calling you to him. He's calling you out of that lifestyle. He loves you too much to let you stay in that. But he also loves you too much to violate your will. Mm. It's an oxymoron, but it is what it is. Yeah. He cannot and will not violate your will. He doesn't want a robot. He wants someone that loves him for who he is and who he's, who he's, what he's been to you, but he's not going to force you to love him. He's not programming you to love him. That's something that you have to do on your own. So today, I just, Father, I thank you for those that have listened to this program. I thank you, Father, for those that have been exposed to truth that they may not have ever heard before. Father God, I believe that it is not a coincidence that this conversation is coming out the way that it came out tonight in this episode. Father God, I pray that you would just touch the hearts of the individuals that have listened today. Mm. I pray that you would bring them into salvation if they have not been following you, that you would bring them into salvation, that you would break down the walls that have separated them from you and from your love, Father God. We ask, Lord God, by the Holy Spirit that you would draw them in, that you would also change their life radically, Lord God, that you would mend their hearts, that you would um, bring their hearts into a newness of life that they will have a freshness, Lord God, that they will move forward in a fresh walk in relationship with Jesus the Christ. In the name of Jesus, we pray that, Lord God, every chain will be broken. We pray that every burden will be removed by the anointing. We pray, Lord God, that you remove all deception that has been blinding anyone who is listening to this program who has not heard the things that they heard tonight in this podcast. Father God, let them be touched in a way that only you can touch them. Send the person their way that can confirm, that can also water, that can also bring, that can help you, Mm. Lord God, in bringing that increase. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we know that it is your will for all to be saved, but it is also their decision if they want a relationship with you. Father God, we thank you for those that are on the fence. Lord God, we ask that this will be the thing that tips them over onto your side. Lord God, let this be the conversation that pushes them to to say, yes, I know what I'm supposed to do now. I know what I need to make a decision on. I know what I need to start to, how I need to think about this moving forward. Lord God, let that pedophile, that former rapist, that former pedophile, that former murderer, that former drug dealer, Mm. whatever lifestyle they came from, let them know that you have a purpose and a plan for them. Let them know, Lord God, that you can redeem their past. You can redeem it in the way that only you can, where it becomes beautiful. 
and there is no singe or smoke or anything from the furnace that they were in that caused them, Lord God, to be in that situation. Lord God, but I thank you that you will now bring redemption into their lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, that you break off every cultish way of thinking from people that are caught up in cults, Lord God, things that are false doctrine where it's being taught. Lord God, I pray that you will release them from that, that you will free them from that bondage. In the name of Yeshua, Hamashiach, we thank you, we praise you, and we give you the glory. Amen. Well, Eric, it was a pleasure having you on. Yes, great to be here. Yeah, man, and uh, we'll definitely be uh, in touch. We're going to definitely have to get you back on here again. Um, This was good, man. A lot of good stuff came out, and um, I'm excited about, you know, people, people, bringing, you know, giving their testimonies and stuff like that based on what they heard out of this podcast. Um, so yeah. at, at this point in time, do you have any way that people can either follow you on social media or get in touch with you or get your book or whatever? Can you share that information? Yeah. Um, just uh, the book, Amazon, it's available uh, paperback and Kindle. Uh, Eric Schaefer. Um, conversation with a cult leader exposing the deception. So if you type in conversation with a cult leader exposing the deception, Eric Schaefer, you'll find it. So it's a blue blue uh, blue book with a picture of a, a guy's head and has uh, different images of the different cults on the front. But uh, yeah, it's, it's available on there. And um, I'm on Twitter, Eric Schaefer, um, Facebook. Yeah, and, and obviously Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, it sounds good, man. Glad to have you on here again. And for those that are listening, thank you again for supporting our podcast. Make sure if you're on iTunes, you have an iTunes account, go in there and give us a five-star rating and a great comment about our podcast that helps us to get more prominence in the in the listing of podcasts and um and be discovered by more people. So we appreciate you in advance for that. And uh also subscribe, go to our website www.newnuma.com and forward slash subscribe. Subscribe to our email list so you can get updates and things of that nature about new NUMA. Thank you again for supporting us. We appreciate you. Peace.